0: You, 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 know, I, D, I, D, ID the, V, in the town all day. I, D, I, D, the, in the, S, E, A. You, you know ID I, D, I, D, in the, V, in the town all day. the, in the, S, E, A, A.
1: But now it's time to go back in time and welcome in a special guest to help us remember 1970, 1970, 1997.
2: Would I go that far back? We're going to take it way
1: back. We weren't bored then. <laughs> For this week's... Let's remember some years we welcome in. You you requested him. You demanded him as third Belton brother.
0: Sorry it took me two years, but I'm
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> we needed the famous cousin his youth, Katie on His there.
2: youth passed him by.
1: That's, oh. <laughs> of course, Chris Smith, the co-host of and Taco Time. Be Ooh. sure, if you haven't already, to check out this week's new and Taco Time, featuring Chris and our correspondent now promoted to... Uh, host Randy <laughs> Uh We're
2: going to have to keep doing this after the 90s.
1: How yes. far are we going to go, though? I don't think we can be I like. I think you hey,
2: should do it forever. You're at like a
0: perfect time right now. <laughs> you're like 23 years behind. I mean, you're going you to. But slow we're it doing down. one year and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, only yeah. a
1: week is passing. Not a whole year <laughs> is passing. I, I just feel like if we get to like, oh, uh, hey, 2017. Oh, way back in 2017. We, things were so different that I feel like at that point it loses its luster.
2: Maybe we end at 206. 2006, yeah, put it on hiatus.
1: I like your thought because 2006 was a year I want to remember. I feel like we've remembered 2006 a lot on this podcast, but... Have we remembered the summer of 2006? No, I mean, this is not the oh, time for man. it, but that was a great summer. L- I
2: like when we're in, let's remember some years, and then we remember some other years.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I was saying to Chris earlier. Really, the, <laughs> so I should have been on
0: here on 94 when I, me and Tristan first met, but 2006 was when we kind of reconvened as adults. Oh, that's
1: when we started watching Seahawks games at your house. Uh, when you we were, drank a lot that year. <laughs> <I'm> sure did. <dead. laughs> We both turned twenty one in two thousand six. Yeah. We may not remember parts of the year, uh, but <laughs> we're here to remember nineteen ninety seven right now.
0: <laughs> yes, nineteen
1: ninety seven. Should we start out with sports? Okay, I feel like the Mariners weirdly dominant. Let's remember some years, if only because of the fact that the Sonic seasons are split up between years, which yes, kind of screws things up. Yeah, like. I wanna reminisce about Craig Elo, but Craig Elo actually joined the Sonics in ninety six shortly after they went to the finals. Uh, we'll get to that in a second though. Ninety seven Mariners made the playoffs for the second time in franchise history after a big off season blockbuster trade for Jeff Facero. Oh Woo! yeah. Who I believe he started. He started the home opener. I think. I definitely remember being at that game. I don't know if it was the season opener or just the home opener. They benched, they benched
2: Randy Johnson. Yeah, like, <laughs> they were like, "We
1: got Facero." <laughs> I mean, I don't know if maybe he, you know, there was some injury situation with him that he wasn't starting the opener. But Facero started that game, and the Mariners won, and it kicked off a strong season. Uh, that was the year '97, the year of young man named Jose Cruz Jr., oh. the one who got away. All right, except yeah. not. Yeah. So Mar- did you did you I- go to his Hall of Fame induction? <laughs> I, did, I did. Yes, I went out to go for for that <laughs> one. So the Mariners are playing pretty well at the trade deadline, but their bullpen is so bad. Norm Charlton had fallen apart that year. Bobby Ayala had been falling apart for like several years by that point but was still in the mix at Closer. Uh, I also have a distinct memory from that year of the, uh, we should talk about the Grand Salami when it first came on the scene. Oh, wow. It's an alternate Mariners magazine, and it seemed like the most hilarious thing possible because they were making jokes about baseball. <laughs> and they had one article that was like one, one month uh, of the edition of it. It was like relief is not spelled C-H-A-R-L-T-O-N. And then next week, next month, they said correction: we actually meant to spell it. Rel- say relief is not spelled Ayala.
2: This is the peak of humor for eleven-year-olds. Oh in yeah, twelve-year-olds loved it. Ninety-seven, just this hot baseball humor that was happening.
1: So mid-season, the Mariners decide to beef up their bullpen. Woody Woodyard's going to go out there and be aggressive <sighs> to try to for the playoff run. Like,
2: can I? Can I try to remember the names? Okay. And our favorite player, excluding nobody, on the Mariners that season. This was, like, he, uh, Ken, Ken Cloud included. Oh, <laughs> man. I remember you had, like, the thing
0: from the newspaper. Still there. Ken Cloud. Wait, wait. Did you, you did
1: you not listen to Let's Remember 1996? <laughs> no. It Kaylin featured prominently. She also oh, had that on
2: her while wow. growing up. Uh, <laughs> Ken Cloud started a playoff game that year. Yeah. In Baltimore. His hometown of Baltimore. There you go. Uh out so of Ken Cloud knowledge, <laughs> I, the, feel Jesus, like, I feel like was that was somebody I forgot
0: at, of until right now.
2: At at that trade deadline, we were obsessed with Jose Cruz. We thought he was the future of the franchise. It's also funny because A Rod was like twenty years old.
1: <laughs> he was but, old news by that point. He had already <laughs> won the batting Jr. title. A
2: thrilling young player in the team. Like we were just over A Rod having won the batting title <laughs> at like nineteen or something. <laughs> Yeah, we, we were on to Jose we Cruz. We did not mention
1: that last year. A Rod breaking out is a superstar.
2: And I believe the names were Paul Spoljarek and Mike Timlin.
1: That is correct. There we go. Those wow. were the two pitchers the Mariners got from the Toronto <sighs> Blue Jays. Like solid relievers. I mean, it's still a terrible trade, even though Jose Cruz did not end up becoming the player that we all thought he was going to, because they traded like one of the hottest young prospects in baseball for was two middle of the road. Not relievers. as hot of
2: a prospect. As we thought,
1: I mean, he had like, fifty six offs with the Mariners. That was even when you adjust for the Kingdom in the nineties and everyone being on steroids. Still, a pretty good debut for a guy who was twenty three at that point. What
2: year did the Sean Kemp trade happen?
1: The Sean Kemp trade happened in ninety seven. We will remember that. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, it happened previous to, uh, or did it happen previous to? Okay, this?
2: well, the Mariners lost in the playoffs. So whatever. We talked enough about the Mariners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, there is another trade they made that year. What was uh, the Jamie Moyer trade? No, the Jamie Moyer trade was the year before. We've already established that. We talked to Did you listen to 1996? <laughs> <laughs> the other trade they made was with the Boston Red Sox for Heathcliff Slocum. Oh, God. This uh, is when
2: they traded Veritech. One of my favorite names. It's
1: an amazing Heathcliff. name, Heathcliff Slocum.
2: Slocum. They, they traded Jason Veritech? Not just Jason Veritech. And Darren Bragg. No, Darren Derek Bragg oh, was traded from more. Derek, Derek
1: Lowe. and Jason Veritech, two key members <laughs> of the 2004 <laughs> World Series champion Boston Red Sox. For Heathcliff Slocum. Do you care to guess what Heathcliff Slocum's ERA was that season?
2: I Five plus.
1: At least in the I Actually, I guess it was not that bad. It four with a 4.13 ERA. It was not as bad as I remembered.
2: Yeah, it's worth giving up two of the best young players in baseball for. Definitely. We had Ken Griffey Jr. and Alex Rodriguez.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a hundred oh, home and runs. Right all, all they
2: needed was just some relief help around him. Yeah, yeah.
1: They would
0: trade anything for it.
1: I, I mean, really is kind of what they needed. Like Griffey the had
0: fifty six home runs and Arod had forty two.
1: Because you would say the starting pitching, like a lot of that era, let them down. Facero actually was not as good as I remembered that year. Randy Johnson twenty and four with a two point two eight ERA. That's pretty good. Uh, but like the top three starters were Johnson, Facero, and Jamie Moyer. Like that's a pretty solid top three in the playoff setting.
2: Okay, Sean Kemp.
1: So. During the 96-97 <laughs> season, things fall apart. Kemp had been, you know, as we mentioned last week, the best player on the court in the NBA Finals in 96. Best player off the court, too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Play on, player. Well, <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's funny so there's a new podcast with George Carl that just debuted last week and like the the first episode was talking about the 96 finals and like the big thing that people were highlighting from it is him talking about Kemp being the best player in that series and I'm like isn't isn't that just common knowledge doesn't everyone acknowledge that uh, Everyone in your household does. Most people still think it was Michael Jordan. <laughs> S- some of us have written in a piece about the finals MVP coming from losing teams that Kemp was the better player and that the more valuable player statistically in that series. Was Anyways,
0: Ron there? That, oh, that's a good.
1: Uh, Ron, Ron Harper was notably injured in that series ah. at times when both the games the Sonics won. We don't choose to acknowledge that, though. We only acknowledge that Nate McMillan was happy in those <laughs> two games. <laughs> well, that's what we acknowledge here. On the Pelton cast. Uh, so 96 97, though, things a little rockier for Sean Kemp. There was a famous game, I think this was early in 97, uh, because it was an NBC game and they, they wouldn't start airing games until January back then. And the Sonics played the Bulls in a rematch of that finals and lost, uh, a loss I fully attribute to the fact that George Carl started the second quarter with like five reserves against, out there against Michael Jordan, who just went nuts. He hit like a shot from half court at the one of the quarter buzzers. He was Michael Jordan. The He's starters really would have defended him. <laughs> yeah. Well, that <laughs> they would
2: have been out there, they would have stopped him from half
1: court. <laughs> that, that particular play was was extraneous to what I'm talking about here. But later, there's a report in, I believe, the Seattle Times uh, that uh, a wait- waiter at the keg uh, has kept a copy of Sean Kemp's receipt from the night before that game showing how many drinks Kemp had been served at the Keg Steakhouse in Bellevue.
0: Way ahead of its time now with like Twitter and everything. <laughs> you know, true, like yeah. if Sean Kemp, somebody can come <laughs> into your restaurant like every week. Like there's somebody at Angelo's that has like 18 pictures of Russell Wilson's uh, <laughs> dinner receipt
1: just stored up. Supposedly, because of the, the waiter was upset because he got a poor tip from Sean Kemp. I think wow. it's the, the uh, oh, it was the Seattle Post Intelligencer. Let's I over that.
0: tip, I'm a great person. <laughs> yeah,
2: Sean.
1: And I'm misremembering this. It was not, in fact, in Bellevue. It was, it was in Seattle. The uh, the keg standup. So Sean Kemp was out getting lit at the keg. Uh, mm-hmm. Ten drinks over a three-hour, fifteen-minute period, mixing mm-hmm. single shots of Crown Royal whiskey with Corona beers. Which actually, was, for someone who's two hundred and fifty, was he
0: alone? A beer in a shot—that's no big deal. Was Sean
2: Kemp alone at the cake?
0: That's a what? Ten drinks in three or four hours—that's a beer and a shot. Like, all right, a, let's bring out like the waiter. An hour, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, they passed
1: in the summer of ninety-nine. <laughs> Kemp was not actually that bad. I don't think he was actually that bad in this game. I'm gonna to have to look to They were this up throwing that.
2: him under the bus. This was the Seattle PI throwing him under the bus, systematically trying to get Sean Kemp out of Seattle.
1: I, I don't know if I would so go just that far. I mean, do a I mean coke it's tr- and he's gonna be fine. It's true that Sean Kemp had a serious alcohol and substance abuse issue at uh-huh. this stage in his career. So they I just don't think that maker. particular game well look. So the season was rocky uh, for Kemp. Uh It it a little rocky for the Sonics, but they still were, I believe, the second seed. They won the Pacific Division, but didn't have home court in their matchup against Houston. Kemp put 16 points on 5 of 11, shooting 8 rebounds, 6 turnovers in that game against the Bulls. So, like, not that awful.
2: So, okay, I I, I was thinking of this, and I was like, I don't remember that much sports-wise from the later 90s. Wait, really? And I'll tell you why. It's just like everybody left. 1997 was the end of our youth. Yeah. And it was the end of the
1: peak it, They of just fell like
0: dominoes.
1: Man. I feel like it was 98 was the end of our youth.
0: Boom. Sean Kemp's gone. Then next, Griffey's gone. Then A-Rod's gone. But Griffey gone. wasn't
1: gone until 2000. Still, we'll get there.
0: I mean, that's, that's the dominoes
2: started with...
1: This rain man,
2: dude. And none of these teams legitimately competed for championships after this point.
1: I mean, the 97-98 Sonics I think had a better record maybe I mean, than the 96-97 I mean, was Sonics. gone by then. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs>
2: the freeze era starts shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah. the,
1: and the kitten era starts shortly thereafter, good sir. Put up. some respect on Central Washington Loyalty. But also a very memorable first round series for the Sonics. The year they played the Suns went down two one. Won Game Four in overtime despite Rex Chapman's three falling out of bounds at the like just before the buzzer in Game Four to force overtime. And then before Game Five, there was the thing where we uh, all got together to try to put a hex on Rex mm-hmm. Chapman since he was shooting so well in that series. And because and it, it worked, ran. and the the Sonics won by twenty four in Game Five of that game. Regression to the main,
2: text, Rex. He
1: had seven. He had sixteen on six of thirteen shooting in that game.
2: But th- this was the point, 1997, where it was like, one by one, the stars that we had come to know and love through the 90s, the the players that we think of when we're like, this is the 90s Sonics, this is the 90s Mariners. It starts fading away. This is the last time the Mariners made the playoffs in the 90s. And I was... think
1: that's only something that's clear in hindsight. At well, the we're time. in
2: hindsight. Here we are. But in not... hindsight. That's why we're remembering some years. Yeah.
1: I suppose. Uh,
2: also,
0: ninety seven was the turn ahead the clock. Oh wow. <laughs> or the futuristic Mariners jerseys that we still don't have. No. But they threw back the clock to the turn the clock
1: ahead <laughs> a couple years ago and brought the
0: <laughs> brought the future
2: futuristic jerseys back. So it's they, sort of like
1: Tomorrowland at Disney. They yeah. they
2: knew it was gonna fall apart in ninety seven when they turned ahead the clock. <laughs> You know the the Mariners haven't won a World Series since they did that.
1: <laughs> it was 2027, so you've still got seven years to get where everyone goes sleeveless hmm. with the well, jersey. They,
0: they brought back the uh, they brought them
1: back. But okay, so the Sonics then play Houston, fall down three one in that series, uh, a rematch of the previous year's second round where they had swept the Rockets. But the Rockets by this point had added Charles Barkley, who was the Sonics' kryptonite during this era, much like the Sonics were Akeem Olajuwon's kryptonite. Uh, They rally to force a game seven. I
2: think jokes were Gary Payton's kryptonite this last weekend. Okay, I just (laughs) I want (laughs) to. Did you watch that? Wait,
0: what? Oh, it was
1: not
2: Gary Payton's
0: fault. Well, actually, it was. He had a horrible delivery. On all of those jokes. It's pretty bad. On the, the, I don't the roast what... The roast oh, in, I saw, so I saw inside this, the NBA. This was plain. Everyone was horrible except during J. the media J.B. hospitality last night. Jay Farris And I was good. like, yeah. yeah I, was okay. I was like, what
1: the hell is this? I didn't see GP, though. I only saw Jay Farris. Oh,
0: man. Then at the very oh. end, Shaq roasted Gary Payton for having the. He's like, oh, you guys are funny, except GP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Like, oh, man. <laughs> I, I just discovered this uh, list. Somebody had started on Wikipedia for the 1997 Mariners. It's a list of all Griffey's uh, home <laughs> runs, but it's you know it has the date, the game, the inning, the location, and the pitcher and the team it was against. But uh, when you scroll down here, it only got to eight. <laughs> they were right? going strong there for and a little bit. So the date is April 20th. <laughs> inning, Denver, location, Doobie, opposing pitcher. 420, dude.
1: I think someone may have. I think. I don't. I think someone may have hacked that list.
0: I want to add the team, but I don't know who would be like the Reefers or. <laughs> oh my
2: God. Well, I think that's why, though. Whereas, like, I don't. Do I remember the '98 Mariners? Not at all. Do I remember the '99 90, Mariners? This is the last year that I really remember sports in Seattle. It was, it was a, 90, 99 It didn't stop ever since Yeah Never again
1: uh,
0: 1999 rem- Seahawks was yeah, like huge the, last, year. the end of uh, the kingdom
1: But they made the playoffs It felt. It was Holmgren's first year It felt like the yeah. start of the new era But we're not here to remember 1999 okay. All right, We're here to remember 97, 97. So, Also, Vinny Testaverde year? Uh, no, that would have been 98 okay. Dennis Erickson got fired because of that game
2: uh, R.I.P. Still very much alive
1: Uh, So there's a lot of trade A lot of trade rumors all season I remember writing like firing off Impassioned emails to KJR About (laughs) keeping Sean Kemp (laughs) That's that's how you got this job
2: out of ESPN From my
1: social studies classroom Computer that was the only way I had access To the internet (laughs) in 1997
2: It was a long time ago (laughs) He just queued up some word processing there Uh, Shouts to Mr. Carragio
1: He
0: ran out of of AOL discs
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we did I mean the famous cousin Katie had AOL they were fancy with that but we had cable instead. Uh so it it takes so a while, while pack during summer yeah. together. Yeah before cable internet. Yeah the main thing. So there's rumors all summer uh Antonio McDice was someone who was mentioned a lot as a possible target for a so- the Sonics. He the uh, Nuggets ended up trading him to Phoenix that off season. And then is we're watching Seinfeld on September 25th, 1997. A news break on King 5 comes in and tells us, because this is how you learn news in 1997, (laughs) not via Wojbombs. A three-team trade, the Sonics send Sean Kemp to Cleveland, Uh, Cleveland and Milwaukee exchange some players. And then Vin Baker comes from Milwaukee to (laughs) the Sonics as Kemp's replacement.
2: Wow interrupted during Seinfeld what do you think the stakes were for them like how no important?
1: no it was just during a commercial break oh during a commercial they didn't break, break in okay thank yeah. god I mean that was the that was the most expensive half hour on tv at that point <laughs> <laughs> even being in that commercial break was
2: expensive Yes. well so speaking of Seinfeld uh this was also the year in 97 I distinctly remember us sitting in our parents upstairs living room which we never really hung out in and watching the Festivus episode of South oh Bell, yeah, and our lives changing after that. So <laughs> many feats
1: of strength that never would have happened if not for that episode.
2: Immediately after that, we were on a cruise to Mexico oh. with our family, and then you and our our cousin Chris I think had to perform the Feats of Strength because I'm pretty sure it's always you two <laughs> weirdly me, so. me and
1: Katie have managed to never be involved in the Feats of Strength somehow you're like the older brother in our relationship <laughs> even though I'm older than you forcing you to
2: be in the Feats of Strength
1: <laughs> like it makes sense that Katie was doing that to Chris but uh, it somehow it got reversed we were smoking
2: here. a cigar on the beach do you remember that? we were what? A, we were <laughs> 11
1: smoking a cigar on the beach i don't remember that i do remember you, you getting grievances. into no getting into some alcohol on that train. Oh,
2: we definitely drank some malibu rum in pepsi <laughs> oh man it might have been around 97 <laughs> when uh me and
0: tristan were uh or maybe it was I, later to, if to you guys didn't have aol
1: please call him tristy <laughs> oh yes from
0: <laughs> straight from 1997 tristy which he wrote on all of his uh, schoolwork <laughs> as his name, Tristy, T-R-I-S-T-Y. Oh, T just... R I S T Y. And now that uh, <laughs> my friends say whenever I'm going to hang out with Tristan, it's Christy and Tristy. Christy and Tristy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the listener's definitely gonna have fun with Isn't that one. That iconic
1: <laughs> duo.
2: <laughs> we also. So the oh. You, you, AOL Instant yeah, Messenger. Oh yes.
0: Me. I had a conversation with Tristan lunch and like when we were kids like are you going to drink. It might have been after 1997, but we <laughs> talked like about it. drinking and then my mom saw it and like what are you doing? I was like I don't. Know. She is like what's ola? But I had just wrote ola like in Spanish uh-huh. to like say hi on this. She <laughs> thought she was She thought concerned it was an it. alcohol. <laughs> she thought it was some kind of alcohol like what are you going to be drinking? Oh Hola. <laughs> what?
1: That feels like an SNL parody of like what you'd have on Dateline. Like, do you, are your kids using Hola? <laughs> Oh, my it God. Was the,
2: yeah, it was the four loco of our time. And you kept getting in trouble for things, right? Didn't you have – I think this must have been – was this in 96 when you got your CDs taken away from you for having – I don't even think I had any CDs at that time. <laughs> Didn't you get a, oh, bo- a Bone ma- Thug CD had, taken mom away from you?
0: bought me the Crossroads album, <laughs> right? But she didn't realize that it, it was parental advisory until my cousin ratted me out. Then she oh, took it away. God. That it really sucked. Tough times in 1987. Look, uh, look forward to that being on my list of the 87 albums that somehow tell you who I am as a person <laughs> on my Twitter
2: account. Well, on my list of 87 albums <laughs> an album from 1997 the first ever cd that i owned big relay style wow. yes i didn't realize We've that was 97 got jiggy with it oh so much Bienvenido i borrowed that
0: exact cd from tristan so i can record it to cassette tape <laughs> on my boom
1: was, was number two uh
2: uh the jay-z album hard knock life volume two yeah yes but i think that was 99 Huh. 98 or 99 you got phenomenon by LL Cool J yes because LL Cool J had a, a renaissance in 1997 that's such a great album
1: <laughs> I remember the yeah. famous cousin K- Katie calling LL Cool J a male bimbo or something like that <laughs> oh my god
0: oh okay I'd like to see a male bimbo right bad okay
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm tired. We were part of this. We were defending. Or be in the house. Cool, Jay.
0: <laughs> what was his name on In the House? His character's name is def-
1: James. Is it James? So, I already have many. Marion Hill. Oh, uh, <laughs> Former NFL running back, right? Yeah. Marion
2: Hill. And also a pop group. Wait, that's what? really weird. There's a pop group that's
0: called Marion Hill. Okay, that's strange. Do they name themselves after. LL Cool J's UPN show character (laughs) featuring
2: Carlton in the later seasons. Carlton joined in the house. Yeah.
1: After Fresh Prince went off the air. Yeah.
2: Probably around 1997.
0: If I had to guess, everything happened in 1997.
1: (laughs) The way I feel right now.
0: It
2: was a huge year entertainment wise. What movies were coming out in
0: 1997? Uh, how about on June 2nd, 1997? Uh, Face-Off, or what was the other one? Con Air. Con Air, June 2nd, 1997. Then, just a couple weeks later,
1: Face-Off came out. Wow. The real Face-Off was Cage versus Cage in the rankings of (laughs) movies. He was against himself.
0: Yeah, I wonder who made more money that month. Nick Cage or Nick Cage? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Titanic came out as well. We all know the story of the Titanic. But <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers to give someone a yeah, yeah. see Titanic. A truly great movie that will always stick out of my mind for my whole life is Speed 2, mm. that came out in the summer of 97, probably June as well. Is
2: Keanu in Speed 2?
0: No. <laughs> but, but Sandra Bullock just is Sandra in Speed. Yeah. Bullock reprises her role. What <laughs> about Dennis
1: Leary. <laughs>
2: No,
0: it was Dennis Hopper.
1: Or Dennis Hopper. Wasn't Dennis Leary also in that movie? <laughs> I don't, don't know. Maybe so. who is the
2: the the person who like calls in the bomb threat?
1: Isn't that Dennis the Hopper? That's Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Oh yeah. wow!
2: I thought that was Dennis mm-hmm. Leary this whole time. <laughs> I don't know. Did they kill him in the first one? I don't know. There's a.
0: I don't know. I who believe it is a different was. villain, isn't it? But Speed Two, I went to see in the theater, Lewis and Clark Theater. Oh, wow, wow. It's just Lewis, Lewis and, Clark. and Clark.
2: R.I.P. Wow. Slash Bowling Alley also. Oh man,
0: such a great place.
1: I mean the, the the area over there with Lewis and Clark and the Taco Time. Yes, big and place like a giant in the, 1990s. the lot
0: like people. Like, parents would take kids there to, like, learn how to drive in this gigantic parking <laughs> lot. There's bowling. There's movies. There's taco time. You uh, can do
1: everything. At some year here, we're going to have to get into me learning how to drive. Oh, that might no. Have, you know what? That might have been 1997. Wow. wow. Yeah, because I, I took driver's ed. I remember I was in a driver's ed class during one of the Mariners playoff games in ninety seven. How many
2: mailboxes did you knock over in calendar year in 1997?
1: I, no, only one. It was only ours in 97. It was in 99 that I took out the whole... <laughs>
2: You just got a whole thing in mailbox? It was 97 when I woke up to a conversation between our parents, (laughs) concerned for you as a human being, being like, they were like, I just don't know if Kevin's okay. Like, I think there's something severely wrong with him.
1: We have to talk about it. Well, because after I backed into our mailbox the first time I ever went driving, then I subsequently overturned when they actually got out on the street and went into a fence of a person a couple blocks away.
0: This is like in Speed 2 when the cruise ship comes <laughs> crashing
1: into the town. Oh Were you driving that cruise ship? <laughs> There was, was a high learning curve there, Jan, but I have not... Jan
2: was legitimately... It's hilarious to think about now. Jan, of all people, who texted you that she thought Eric Johnson won the dunk contest.
1: She's, she's upset that we're putting that out there too much. Oh. <laughs> she, she texted me that she was upset I, about I it. I
2: asked to see the text after. I was like, can I just see this? After I saw your tweet about it, and there, it, Eric Johnson was sitting right there. I got to tell, <laughs> before we move on from <laughs> no, Speed, Speed 2. No,
0: Speed 2. I went to that movie, or I met at the movie... Lisa Young oh, and her twin sister God, Jenny. Jenny. So me and Tristan went to elementary school with Lisa Young <laughs> okay which he had a huge crush on. I was like whatever, you know. Oh. But her twin sister who lived in Florida came to visit kind of like right before the end of the school year for us cuz school's already done in Florida. And then me and Jenny Young hit it off. Oh, God. And I went to meet them at Speed 2, and they were already there. And I had to go in the dark on a date as a 12-year-old <laughs> with twins. Oh. When I was, like, supposed to be with one of them. And it probably oh, was, like, halfway oh, through wow. the movie before I, like, figured out which one it was.
2: Wow. This is like a hilarious sitcom situation. (laughs) Yes,
0: he really is. And then uh, shortly after that, we got in trouble playing strip poker. Then I never saw Jenny again ever (laughs) in my life. First person I ever made out with.
2: Would have been so natural for a pair of twins (laughs) instead of just one Chris for a couple of bros, Christy and Tristy. (laughs) We were born.
1: We were only born two weeks apart. Like what the hell?
2: Jenny and Lisa Young.
1: It's Twins like, from another—I don't
2: know. If, I, don't I think know what, maybe what I'm if
0: Kiana Reeves was in the sequel, like everything, <laughs> w- everything
1: would have came together for us. Four.
2: Wow, I did not expect to be thinking about
1: that. Nineteen
2: ninety-seven.
1: I want to go back to the cruise though, because <laughs> okay. what speed two <laughs> to that Christmas? <laughs> yes, actually, I did have a note on that from the Wikipedia page. Uh, Roger Ebert, though, prominently stood in defense of the film, calling it, quote, a truly rousing ocean liner adventure adventure story, quote end quote, only weakened by Bullock's acting. Oh, wow. Sandra Bullock was the weakest part of Speed 2, that according to bullshit. Roger Ebert. I love That's Sandra amazing. Bullock. So in 97, we're on this cruise. A couple of notable things happened while we're on the cruise. First, we talked about Seinfeld. We learned on the cruise, because I think it came out on Christmas Day, that Seinfeld was going to end at the end of that year. Or at the end of that season in 1998,
2: devastating news for white people around the country. <laughs> oh, no. I remember it was like, you guys
0: obviously. Nerds were way more into T (laughs) V before me. But I feel I feel like Trish TV. Yeah, Tristan really got me into TV and it started with like the Seinfeld. Like are you watching Seinfeld? Like Yeah, of course. It is kind of amazing that as
1: children we were so into a sitcom about uh New York life. I mean there's so many like insular references in Seinfeld.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jokes that we definitely did not understand for decades after. Yeah, but but we
0: saw
1: the we recognized the quality. It was clearly when like
0: adult. You because I went from like home improvement, and then it's like <laughs> then there's certain shows <laughs> that my parents were like I'm not supposed to watch, like Roseanne or Ellen after she came out. <laughs> Before it was fine, but uh, Ellen after she came, out. Yeah. For for me, it, for
2: my money,
1: it peaked as the Ellen Chronicles.
2: Well, it was a a great Piven performance. Yeah, I just prefer (laughs) every episode with Jeremy Piven. Yep.
1: Okay, so the other (laughs) thing that happens on this cruise is the Huskies play a bowl game while we're on the cruise. Against BYU? No, that was the next year. Uh, This was against Michigan State. So we haven't talked about UW football very much on Let's Remember Some Years because we started after the Don James heyday. But that Huskies team was ranked number four to start the season.
2: Oh, this is the year they lost to Nebraska.
1: Reaching number two before losing 27-14 at Nebraska in week three. Or, I'm sorry, at home in Nebraska in week three, a game in which... A freshman Marcus Sopo, a, reg- a true freshman re- Marcus Tuiasosopo, makes his debut in re- relief of an in injured Brock Heward. Later, so the Huskies get to seven and one that season. They're back up to number six in the country before Heward gets injured again, and Tui has to start at uh, against Oregon again. A lot. Huskies lost thirty one twenty eight. Then they lost their last three uh, to end up in the Aloha Bowl but on is Christmas. Never gonna make it. Yeah. No. Uh but I, I often wonder if Tui hadn't played as a true freshman like what he would have looked like if he had got to come back in 2001 as like a fifth year senior he would have been so dominant. Man, but-
2: those were some powerhouse quarterbacks. From the Huskies in the '90s, Brock, Huard and Tui. So I remember that Nebraska game. I remember. Okay, I was on the bus. You had given me a not burned copy of The Wedding Singer, but like
1: uh, I watched The Wedding Singer today. In my did you? Really what are the odds?
2: Like you had like the Shots '97, like a VHS, a VHS.
0: Probably, that I probably I used to record them off like the pay per view.
2: Yes. Yeah. That you would record it off pay per view. You gave me a copy of The Wedding Singer, and it was like that Friday. Before the Huskies were going to play in Michigan. I think we were traveling to the Tri-Cities the next day for some reason. I don't know. I don't think so. I think I watched that game at home. I'm pretty sure that we traveled to the Tri-Cities. And some company was running a contest where you like had, like had like a ticket. It was maybe like a McDonald's thing or whatever where you had one of the teams or the other team. And I was so fired up for this game.
1: I mean, it was a huge game. Like I remember it being such a big deal on game day at that point. Like, what was Nebraska ranked? They were they were also, I think, in the top 10 at this point. Uh, yeah, they were number 7 coming into that game.
2: And then I watched The Wedding Singer, and I didn't get any of the jokes
1: because I was 12. <laughs> 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 they were about the 80s. You really knew very little about Boy George at that point, probably.
0: But it was like, Adam oh, was, Sandler was like, it didn't matter. You're and like,
1: that was the year cool? that Nebraska ended up winning the national, or they finished second in the final APO poll, but went 13-0 and that year. Wow. Tommy Frazier. They they finished they split uh, the national championship with Michigan, who beat Wazoo in the Rose Bowl that year, uh, which the Cougs clinched by beating the Huskies in Husky Stadium. I'm still really not over this double date to speak to. <laughs>
0: Man, the, there's a lot of good music that came out in 97, though.
1: Have, have we looked at our hip friends from hop? Well, well before we com. get
2: there, can, can I just talk about really quick 1997 in fashion? Because I'm pretty sure that 1997 was the first time that I ever went to an Old Navy.
0: Oh, yeah. That sounds about right.
2: Uh, I definitely bought a shirt that was gray and had stylized Old Navy logo on it. And I definitely wore it that year 60% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) I also got my first ever, like, flannel-type shirt. Again, of course, from Old Navy. Uh, Wore khakis pretty much every single day. Uh, I think my hair was definitely middle-parted.
0: 97. What was wrong with was, that? <laughs> For me, 97 was a pre uh, North Carolina stuff that I got into, like the hats. So I think I had like two different Michigan hats, oh, fitted man. hats, like a yellow one with a blue M and a uh, a blue one with a yellow M, and may have had T-shirts to go with that.
2: Michigan was a big deal around that time. <laughs> but was this Charles Woodson? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Charles and, Woodson won the Heisman. And uh, over Peyton Manning, Michael, Michael Jordan jersey. I think, uh, Ooh, I think I had a um, Allen Iverson jersey. Mm. I think Tristan kind of turned me on to,
1: you know, we were having a conversation on the Hoop Collective last week about like Zion Williamson is the most exciting rookie since like which player. And uh, Brian Windhorst mentioned Allen Iverson. I was thinking back to how much you loved a young Allen Iverson.
0: Okay, So, yeah, to correct myself, I didn't get an Allen Iverson jersey till like, Years after that.
1: But Tristy had one. one. I got
2: one the day we were about to go on to the flight to go to this cruise because I had theirs, the red jersey where I had the Stackhouse red jersey. Yeah. And then the AI red jersey when he was a rookie. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. solid red and white one. And then they changed jerseys to the like black and gold color that they had for a while. And I got that the day that we were going to go leave for the plane to fly to Mexico for the cruise or California or whatever for the cruise. Yeah. I also wore that on the flight.
1: I also remember Iverson's first game in Seattle, I'm pretty sure it was right after Stackhouse got in a fight with Jeff Hornacek in Utah. No,
2: this, that was Stackhouse's rookie year. He was got, it? he When he punched Jeff Hornacek, that was his rookie year, okay. and he missed the one time that he was coming to Seattle. Yeah, but moment. I found that jersey at our mom's house the other day, or like a month ago, and I gave it to Luca, and I was just like, you're welcome. But Man, <laughs> I was like, you... I've just bestowed on you the coolest you fucking don't thing I could. Get it. <laughs> you just take it right back. You don't get it.
1: You <laughs> might get it based on like two K old jerseys. Uh, but Iverson, his first game here, had the tip dunk of a missed free throw. Right? That was like, in Seattle. I'm, he... I'm, I'm almost certain that happened. In really? So 1997 music. Also, also when... I got. Oh, a...
2: I wanted to mention Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Hilfiger, all black shirt that had like a bunch of like, I think these with like holes in it for aeration and then the <laughs> Hilfiger logo. Breathability, man. This was an important thing in 97. I
1: did want to mention Dan Devine, friend of the pod from the ringer, had a tweet last week about how he had been told that, uh, that sweater vests are coming back. Mm. And about how excited he was to wear a sweater vests again. Better
2: unhear that news. And it how made, excited were you to hear that? Also, it I made didn't me know think they left. Man.
1: Late '90s, wearing a lot of sweater vests over white t-shirt was like my go-to look back oh, then. Man, I think even my senior photo has that that look. Okay,
2: 1999 in music. It's '97. No, 1997 in music. Uh,
0: <laughs> pretty big album, "Life After Death" by the Notorious B.I.G. Wow, coming. I don't know if it was released after his death or right before or I feel like he was out doing like promotion for the album is when he got shot. That was on promotion for life after death? I feel like it was around that time, yeah. Was I'll be missing you? That was ninety eight. No. Later in ninety seven.
2: Oh my god. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Man. The Men in Black soundtrack comes wow. out oh, yep. at the same time as the Puff Daddy and the Family no way out god what a moment that was that that was a this was important
2: (laughs) i mean like it (laughs) really like (laughs) it
0: really set me into like actually kind of following music once when biggie died
2: i think 97 was when we started getting into it like i mean we mentioned getting our first cds is like you you sort of knew it as a little bit more than just the radio yeah i remember the men in black video where will smith dances with an alien Mm-hmm. That that was a very important moment in our history, and also that song wasn't on Big Willie style. It was only on the Men in Black original soundtrack. Yeah, which I had. I love that album. There's like the the roots
0: are on there. Nas is on there. Like Snoop Dogg is on there. Wow. Like I want to say Genuine is on there. Like back when soundtracks, oh, were soundtracks really, was such a big deal. They were really something.
2: And so, no way out also Tribe came out. Quest was on. I'll
0: uh, well, be missing you. It. Came out as a
1: single in May 1997. It was actually quite quite soon after. What was that? Came out as a single in May 1997. I'll be missing you. Oh yeah, it was the album. They, they moved turned it around pretty quickly. It was two months after his uh, his passing.
0: Okay, so yeah, we're looking at Ju- July first or yeah men in black soundtrack and no way out like they came out the same day it looks like they
2: came out the same day wow wow all right powerhouse day man and then also momoni mo problems came out that year Mm. and limp (laughs) biscuit
0: also the same day as no way out and the men in black soundtrack Limp Biscuit album. Three dollar bill,
2: y'all. It it really so this was the year that things started <laughs> to turn a little yes, bit. They're just like July first was the end of the <laughs> Well and I feel like TRL must have debuted in maybe ninety eight, <laughs> which definitely changed things for music. Uh and like we weren't listening to any just like generic pop music in ninety seven, right? I mean in as much as like all this music is generic pop music. Yes. But like we, You we, mean like Smash Mouth? <laughs> Okay, I take it all back. My
0: will be walking on the sun. <laughs>
2: 1997. <laughs> but ninety-seven was right before the like TRL era of boy pants happened. Right? Correct. Or at least like the, it, this was kind of the last year before that stuff started breaking through. It was right before rap rock really became a thing. Man, Missy Supa Dupa Fly came out <laughs> in July ninety seven. Well, so our good friends at HipHopGoldenAge.com, they do not have top five tracks for nineteen ninety seven. They felt like it was a little bit more of an album year. <laughs> oh, interesting. I don't know. must. Have been this. <laughs> I couldn't find the top songs. I can only find the top forty hip hop albums of nineteen ninety seven from Hip Hop Golden Age. Uh, at number one, we have Wu Tang is forever. Oh yeah, from the Wu Tang Clan. Number, number two. One. Oh, thanks
1: for sharing. That it was from the Wu Tang Clan.
2: One day it'll all make sense by Common.
0: Mm.
2: This was before Common had broken through at radio, right? This is, this is, is like had water before. This uh, It's before like water. For I chocolate. think that was ninety nine.
1: It's before Common had broken through with Microsoft Spoken Word ads.
2: <laughs> Camp Low with Uptown Saturday Night.
1: Wow. It's before Common had broken through with Just Right.
2: Mood by Doom. Have you ever heard of this? What? <laughs> Who was that? This crew from Cincinnati, Ohio dropped an underground sleeper classic with Doom just, Atmospheric we're and still Melodic sli- we're still sleepy. I'm, of. I'm gonna Is have it to listen time? to that. The album features oh, high production high-tech high tech, and guest appearances by Talib Kweli and Wu-Tang affiliated group Sons of Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I'm bumping this. All right, well, man,
0: can you imagine just like there's an album that came out in 1997 and we
2: never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> great i was like well maybe chris has heard of mood and then life after death at number five underrated they go pretty deep on the uh, hiphopgoldenage.com wow so uh, they don't
0: have a, a, you just said life after death was number five number five and no no love or no way out or the man in black soundtrack
2: well it also <laughs> r.i.p or, or uh, a masterpiece it, ghetto d it also feels like 97 is when things start and like indie rap is starting to become like underground hip hop is taking off a little bit more yeah. and really becomes a thing by the late 90s, early 2000s. Pop The, is the starting early to roots a of things. Backpack. Right? Yeah, I mean, the first Atmosphere album was
0: released in 1997. So, yeah, there really was like an underground thing
2: kind of bubbling up. It was like mainstream rap had had basically a decade to be huge and like local communities were starting to happen around this time period. Buster Rhymes dropped when disaster strikes in 1997. 97? Everything was happening. Okay, so 1997 was also the last year that I really played any sort of organized sports. Yeah, uh, that was,
0: it was kind of the end of me thinking that I was going to play in the NBA one day. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, still, at that point, the beginning, the first... At least nine months of 1997, like, yep, I'm still on the right <laughs> path, right to the NBA. <laughs> Everything's going great.
1: We may have to extend this to 2007 so we can remember our Puget Sound Basketball oh, League yeah. season. Oh,
2: gosh. Still thought we were going to make the NBA after that one. Well, oh, and then basketball practice in 1997. Uh, We might have, We were on different teams. Oh, <laughs> Were we?
0: Yeah, because you joined that... Uh, Fucking hip, uh, cool, like, Des Moines oh. League or whatever. And I was still stuck with the in, Boys and Girls Club. And si- Kyle Jones' dad is my coach. In the sixth
2: grade team? Uh, some yeah. days
1: some people are going to talk about Luca Carcino's dad that way. Yeah,
2: fucking Luca Carcino's dad is my coach. <laughs> we were Even on- worse as Uncle. <laughs> we <were> on- <laughs> Doesn't have any children on this team. Very odd. We were on the, in 96, we were in different teams, right? In Ooh, sixth it grade. Been- it
0: must have been fifth and sixth grade. Like, fifth grade, I was on some weird team with nobody i knew but we've actually practiced that valley view wow yeah All on the carpet but i <laughs> i d- didn't go to school with any of the other kids like i did not know them outside of uh, that team and then next year i joined the team with kyle jones
2: and his dad and you, Coy jones was. The and coach. Jo- he was the baseball coach also right yeah. were you you weren't on the team that was like a powerhouse no that of was kids the josh olson josh like, olson's dad was the coach yeah
0: i played baseball for him In the like Bronco League, and were they good at baseball too? Sixth grade, uh, we were amazing, yeah, dude. Man, that Joshua lost three games. We played like 30 baseball games, we lost three. And I'm just gonna say, I was out those games with a broken thumb. So, wow, real Nate McMillan type situation, (laughs) yes. (laughs) We we brought in Chicago, we we signed Mike Roddy off the street, we stole him from (laughs) the Little League, yes, we stole him from the Little League to go to the Bronco League. When I broke my thumb, they had to bring I, somebody in.
2: I feel like that's a pretty incredible signing. Yeah. Way better. <laughs> way better than me. I was like... I'm trying to think of like who that's like, like just bringing somebody off the street. who's but like had all of, of, of your basketball team
0: was like half of our baseball
2: team. Well, th- that basketball team, there was... Mike Roddy, who could just he could like hit legitimately hit threes as a sixth grader. Brandon Newham, who ended up being like a semi pro football player. Look, if the XFL existed in two thousand whatever, we'll we'll talk about
1: playing uh, tackle football with him. In (laughs) random,
2: let's remember two thousand five, (laughs) two thousand six. Brandon Newham was excellent athlete. There was Big John Nizzle, who was so much bigger than anybody else. Josh Olson, who was a distributor, and his dad was the coach. Like that team. We fucking dominated. I We'd think. win games by like 50 points.
0: We played like an exhibition game against you guys once. We probably the... killed you. Yeah. No. Of course, <laughs> yeah.
1: We, we were running the full court press. Cause... Because because the difference in the leagues, because in the Boys and Girls Club, you couldn't press, right? I don't. Yeah, yeah I think, you couldn't play back. Like I, remember, D. I mean, this is a, the wrong year to remember, but in sixth grade, we had a really good team, including a guy who went on to uh, get drafted by the Rangers as a pitcher after he stopped playing basketball. And uh, he... Gerald Smiley. And oh, I was going to say,
2: couldn't hack it for basketball, huh? I had to go get drafted by the Rangers. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and we played, like, a tournament where we were outside of the normal rules, and, like, you could press full court, and you could double team and all sorts of things you weren't allowed to do in our league, and we were hopelessly out of our depth when we had to do that. There are
2: college teams who don't know how to play against a press. Like, <laughs> you, can you imagine you, you, some graders You could sixth just graders? say, this, yeah. this year's Huskies. Well, the, the, there's a lot of college Last teams. Last year's Huskies, too. Press. And we also, because of that knew exactly how to beat a press, too, because we'd played in practice, that team was fucking excellent i was so like sad that i had to be
0: on a team with <laughs> some people i didn't like like kyle jones man well he's so that- probably like a fucking doctor or something right now <laughs> but i had to play with doctors man
2: <laughs> i guess i will say nobody on my team was probably a doctor no <laughs> we have an unfairly good accord not uh, a doctor but 97 was when you actually had to try out because we were in middle school all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I went to one day of practice. I skipped the first day of basketball
0: tryouts to hang out with Jackie Summers, wow. who said I would look cute with my ears pierced. So I thought about doing it <laughs> for like two minutes. And How do you think was... I ended up with these? <laughs> <laughs> I, who I, li- she uh, lived I, basically next door
1: to Lisa Young. Oh, God. I also watched Good Boys on the plane today, and this all sounds very much like the plot of that movie. (laughs) You guys will definitely empathize empathize with that movie.
2: I went to one day of practice, and it was like the intensity was so much higher than... Because these are kids from all throughout the greater SeaTac yes, area. All of Highline School. Oh. The, district, like, <laughs> the, the
1: intensity was so high at this middle school that feeds into the high school with probably the worst basketball program but in the Seattle Like,
2: we're coming from playing boys and girls club. Like, you know, the, the team was Tristan very is good. coming from, like, a super squad. <laughs> yeah. I was used to being, like, the seventh best player on a super <laughs> squad. <laughs>
1: I don't quite the right now. All, all of here.
2: those same players ended up playing on the actual middle school basketball team. I did, you know,
0: I did actually play flag football though. Oh, you played flag football yes, for that year, seventh and eighth
2: grade. Yeah, I went to one day of practice, came home, probably cried, and then determined that I, I was just like. I didn't know who to tell that I didn't want to play basketball or how to process <laughs> yeah. that information. No, like, and no one to be like, no, you should you know, keep trying. <laughs> yeah. didn't have that. There was no support system among yeah. your friends as like, we could not have talked about this at the time <laughs> as seventh graders. I,
0: and, w- I felt very ashamed that I d- too. that I didn't go like and then I just d- I didn't go any other days like I was like, you miss one you're done forever yeah
1: do, do I need to provide therapy for you two right now this is therapy thank you very much I realized before tryouts I was not well, good enough in seventh I, grade I remember
2: <laughs> laying in your
1: bed because you'd moved
2: downstairs by this point correct and we I, had bunk beds upstairs not <laughs> have enough, not of, in 1997 have we talked much we, earlier yeah but I remember laying in your bed i think crying being like i'm just gonna be homeschooled that's it if i can't try out for this basketball team in seventh grade if i don't have the balls to go to tryouts for basketball i can't even go to this entire fucking school it's done wow
0: we'd probably be retiring from the nba soon yeah. <laughs> we just stayed on our path and it maybe encouraged each other but
1: we didn't know how to do it. You guys are basically the same age as LeBron, That's right? It.
2: Yes, he graduated high school the same year as us. That's really an important message for all the kids out there listening to this podcast. Like, yeah, oh, we yeah. could have got in. We
0: could have skipped college too because we we're right, yep. right before they Perfect changed timing. the rule.
2: There, it would have gone. Even LeBron. Though, I
0: mean, I was probably going to go to North Carolina, but
2: <laughs> would have gone. LeBron, Darko, Carmelo, Bosh, Wade, uh, and then you, and then me. <laughs>
1: You know, I had a and Collison. Yeah. Uh, by no, the we way, we would of... have
2: been Rinnauer and Collison. We would have <laughs> played together at Kansas. This, <laughs> well, this I is specifically nineteen ninety-seven. We would have been Heinrich and Collison. A lot
1: of people think I'm wearing North Carolina shorts all the time because that's what Jordan wore under his bull shorts. They are not North Carolina shorts. I'm wearing Seahawks shorts, of course, all the time.
0: I always had like a random. 'Cause you didn't you, have to, you had to get like a red shorts for yes. PE class. Yes. So I just had like red shorts on under I would still like play basketball sometimes at lunch. And no, could you just, had to just like take your jeans off real quick and be like, alright, I'm ready to hoop it up. <laughs> I'm just a wreck baller now, you know, I do this for fun. <laughs> this is not like a serious thing for me. Oh and you know, you go up against Romy Singh in the gym
1: <laughs> at lunch. Chris is making my case for me. Romy the homie. What up? Oh, Shout out. Of why you should be wearing shorts all the time. If you went to Shinneke Middle School in 1993, this must be the, or in 1987, this must be the most amazing
2: pod for you. Look, you get it. You get the shorts under the jeans thing if you I went don't. there. Other people just don't get it. They don't know Romy sing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's
1: They just... really done. Or a Victor E. They may be tuning out at this point. Uh
2: well, RIP, 1997. I said it set the stage for the rest of our lives after that. It also ended our basketball careers. Man, so sad.
0: EPMD it, was, it was all back downhill in from
2: business.
1: There, <laughs> all downhill from there.
2: I feel like 97 was really, it set the stage for the early 2000s.
1: This is uh, you saying, don't expect too much from Let's Remember 1998. <laughs> we're <week." laughs> not
2: going to remember. We have got no guests lined up. I remember nothing about 1998. I wasn't jilted by any lovers in 1998, as far as I know. You were <sighs> 1998. The Man of Springs.
0: Know. Oh, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well,
2: we were just, we started middle school in 97, right? So you were in bleak times. <laughs> yes. Middle
0: school is bleak times. It's Michelle McCormick.
2: <laughs> that was yours? <laughs> Michelle McCormick, wow. Yeah. Really makes you think. Man, this spray's great, too. These
0: are great people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that um, was 1997. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Chris. <laughs>
0: 1997.
2: I am I feel like the segment is just...
1: To take you on a life of its own? Yes. Well, that was the discussion that we had on Twitter last week, which is, should, let's remember, some years be spun off into its own podcast, is suggested by Talking Taco Time co-host Randy Cote. Uh, but the, the feedback, when we put that out there, was strong in opposition, that they, everyone seems to be enjoying the two-hour pods, and mostly enjoying the fact that we are not talking that much about Seattle yes. sports. There's only, well, we'll get to that in a second. You're, There's, you're the
2: only one who's upset about how long the podcasts are. I mean,
1: hmm. we record very late, get tired.
2: Some of us have endless injury. <laughs> Some of us have endless energy, boundless endless energy. Endless injury, perhaps. To talk about 1997. In fact, I think the injury that I had may have happened in 1997 if we're scoring at home. When I cut open my knee playing.
1: Oh, yeah. It was, I thought we should bring that up on Let's Remember Some Years.
2: Wow. Should we do a bonus second of Let's Remember <laughs> Some Years? It wasn't long enough already. The 50
1: minutes was insufficient. I'm, I'm not sure what year this actually was.
2: I was in sixth grade.
1: Okay. Then that's... It was after... Going between sixth grade and seventh grade? Or going between fifth grade and sixth grade? Because it was during the summer, obviously.
2: Was it during the summer? Yeah. No, it wasn't.
1: We were playing outside at night. It was still
2: spring, though. School was happening. I okay. went to school with, a like, cast on or whatever. with Stitches. Oh, all right. We were playing. I'm pretty sure this was 97. Wow. Okay. Uh, in 97, we were playing Capture the Flag in the dark. We had a really big backyard in Boulevard Park. Still do. And, well, neither of us live there anymore.
1: <laughs> it's true. And we don't play Capture the Flag there anymore. <laughs> I just mug the lot.
2: <laughs> we know the hazards now if That's we learn to know. play Capture the Flag.
1: Because we had two poles there for playing horseshoes. Yes,
2: horseshoe poles which were never nobody I didn't know I learned how to play horseshoes this summer. Yeah, I don't remember
1: ever once using them.
2: I learned the turn the term I think it's called a ringer, if you get it around the ring in horseshoes. I learned that now, even though we grew up and I was brutalized by horseshoe poles as a child. So I think I had the flag, right? There's like a place in the middle. You go to the other side. You grab the flag, which is probably like a home plate of, <laughs> for baseball exactly. or something like that. So I would grabbed the other team's flag. And if I recall correctly, it was you and me and our cousin David and Michael Bernazzani. Correct. Is that correct? Okay. It was nighttime, like 10 o'clock. Or something on a warm spring night. And so I'd grab the flag this and I was. It's unseasonably warm. Running back to my side. And then I hit the horseshoe pole right in the middle of my knee. Oh, God. I, I'm cringing. Just it straight the start. to the ground. We run back inside. I was able to run. And I remember like looking down and looking at it. And it would, like split down to the tendons or whatever. There's also, there's so much gross shit inside of your leg that you do not want to see that we saw that day. And I was like,
1: the best part is that you were just like asking for a bandaid. <laughs> and the reason you were just, which is a cause you hate band-aids.
2: I don't know if I did at the time.
1: Maybe this is why you did. uh, you developed a phobia of it. But the reason was because we did not want to tell our mom oh, that we yeah. had been playing or kept It was just like you dark. didn't
2: want to bother her. You didn't want the wrath of Jan. <laughs> Nobody wanted the wrath of Jan. So, I mean, most of the things that we've ever done right in our life are just to avoid the wrath of Jan. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what put me on the straight of narrow. An <laughs> <laughs> and then, so eventually, I think you might have determined that we had to tell Jan. It was very
1: bad It was quite You gnarly. had to go to the ER And then I went to the <laughs> ER and stitched
2: up and They gave me 23 stitches across my knee You can see it's still there One of the things I yeah. still have the yeah. scar for it
1: Do I still have I don't think I still have the scar from 97, 97 till infinity Uh you're just, you're just not, not going to acknowledge that. That what? The time you stabbed me with a pencil in the side. No, you don't have the scar from that, do you? I do not still have the scar, but I had it for a long time. That was more like 2002
2: or so. No.
1: 2003. You had the terrible experience of going to the ER, but what you didn't experience, which the other three of us did, was <laughs> sitting there in terror waiting <laughs> for mom to come back from the ER and yell at us. Oh, and I don't remember what she, if to what extent she actually yelled at us, but that's... <laughs> That's the way we were living. We were just in a state of fear <laughs> for as long as it took for you in the ER. We did
2: fifty minutes of let's remember some years.
1: No, we did. Now we did a full hour. I think. <laughs> well, that was we we covered every day of nineteen ninety seven. It's like we should have Mary Lou had on. She could tell us exactly what happened any day of nineteen ninety seven.